morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. We are live today, Monday, May the 8th. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website, at allamericangold.com. All kinds of things. I mean, you can do everything out there, right? You get the news, right? Make it part of your favorites. Keep you comfortably disturbed and educated on the goings-on. I mean, we have Facebook and Twitter and the podcast. And I will tell you, so I was off on Thursday and Friday, at least off from the from from the show, and I appreciate your understanding on that. And I am more tired today than I was on Thursday. I mean, think about it. we had uh, we had uh, the the jobs number come out while I was off. We had Cinco de, de Mayo, right? Uh, of course, uh, Cinco de Drinco is really what it is. <laughs> the uh, the made-up American holiday. We had the Kentucky Derby this weekend. I didn't. I've been out of it. I really. I didn't even know it was was happening until Friday. Uh, it was a uh, really muddy. I guess there was a lot of rain there. The track was muddy. Uh, I wish I could tell you who won, but I do know this: a horse did win. A horse did win that event. I just don't know which horse. Uh, did you see the Spanish teacher in Weld County up in Colorado? For They had a, a Cinco de Mayo celebration, and they used the Donald Trump pinata. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, you know, why not? So the Donald Trump pinata was the Cinco de Mayo celebration. Uh, from what I understand, that teacher is now on leave. Uh, it really is amazing. I mean, really? And and I just say that as, as somebody where, you know, everybody's entitled to, you know, their, their feelings and their opinions, but, I mean, there's times and places that obviously was not the place. Uh, but but nonetheless, I saw that this morning, and I guess nothing should surprise me anymore when it comes to to all of these things. And, and you know what's funny is this has replaced the you know you used to talk about your your stock portfolios in 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 the nineties, right? And, and I was totally guilty of it. Right, that that was what I believed, and you know the Nasdaq. Remember the Nasdaq hit it five thousand. You know now we're only at six thousand. How many twenty years later? But you used to. That's what you talked about. What stocks you owned, and and when you were going to be a millionaire, and and what year you're going to right? You're going to retire at forty or forty five. Because we own stocks and we are going to be a billionaire. And then after that petered out, you, you started talking about your house, right? And how much your house has gone up and how many times you've refinanced it or how many other houses you own. 
and you you talked about that, and you talked about that until well, you lost them all, and now this has been this is the new talk. You know, my my wife was at a birthday party for my my youngest son. It was uh, one of his teammates was having a birthday. He was turning fourteen, and that was the talk. Talking about Donald Trump, that that has replaced it, and, and you know you've got this whole divide. We had the election in France, where the globalists give one to the globalists. They won that one. Uh, Macron was the winner. He came out. Ramon was telling me he came out to the, and I did not know this, but apparently the eurozone kind of has like their own national anthem, and I guess he. Uh, walked out after victory to that and he won 90% of the vote in Paris so give one up to the I mean that's it's, at least that's what I I read that I don't know if it was 90% in Paris but he won very comfortably uh, and he was remember he was the one running uh, to say hey the, the elite and the Illuminati they're doing a great job they're doing a great job and let's keep it up and uh, so a lot of things happen Uh, the big jobs number we we missed that on Friday we'll break that down Uh, we had I don't know where all these people are going another huge amount of Americans have disappeared from the labor force and we'll break down all of those numbers for you we're going to talk about gold silver we're also going to talk about the other metals today. We'll talk about platinum, palladium, and rhodium as well. I actually had uh, a call this morning, and, and uh, one of our one of our customers, Gary, up there in the front range, wanted to know about them. So I figured, you know what? Let's talk about those as well. So we got a lot of ground that we're going to cover, and then something that doesn't seem like a big deal but it may be a bigger deal than we think uh, in the automotive we know about car sales we know that they're suffering but Ford did something over the weekend that caught a lot of people off guard we'll talk about all of those things next Got pride in his heart and dirt on his hands. There's one place to find a hardworking man for country. Look at that truck for country. Built for tough for country. When the work gets done for country, the whole world's for country. <laughs> Ramon with a hey. Why not? We'll we'll promote Ford. Uh, Ford Motor over the weekend made a, an interesting layoff announcement. And interesting because of where it was. We know why right, the theme of the slowdown in autos is no one's buying cars, right? We hate cars here in America. We like our SUVs. We like our trucks. Uh, But Ford announced that they are laying off hourly workers and eliminating a shift from May the 8th 
until the end of September at its Ohio truck plant that makes the medium-duty F650 and F and excuse me, an F750 truck. Now, of course, those are the trucks for you people that don't know. Uh, box trucks, right? You see those those smaller box trucks. Uh, that is a, a Ford. A lot of times, that's Ford's truck. Uh, there, the boom trucks. You know the the ones that you see that got uh, the booms or the uh, the the compartments, right? Those heavy duty. Uh, construction trucks like electricians and things like that. Those are uh, th- those are those types of trucks. Uh, small dump trucks as well. Cherry pickers on the back. Cherry pickers. Thank you, Ramon. Cherry pickers. Those trucks are obviously used by contractors, oil field companies. By the way, did you see crude oil? We, we, that was another thing that happened. You know, there was a flash crash in crude oil. You forgot about those, right? We had another one. Apparently, the crude oil price fell, I don't even know what it was, like 3 or $4 in a matter of five seconds. Uh, crude oil's at $45, and, and people are saying, could we go back below 40 I don't know, but the apparently the OPEC cuts, they said they were going to, you know, more of the same. Well, they said they were going to cut, the actual cutting of the oil has become the pro- uh, the problem. Uh, but they're calling it the types of business whose trades are dependent upon the real economy. The F-Series medium-duty trucks, uh, they, they are the ones that are among Ford's most profitable product lines. And the Ohio truck plant, which produced uh, all of those trucks, employs about 1,600 hourly workers. This was a plant that got moved back to Ohio from Mexico in 2015 as a result of a labor compromise by the UAW Ford says that most of the layoffs are going to be voluntary. And employees with at least one year of seniority will receive 75% of their pay of well on leave. Yeah, not a bad deal. If you you really didn't need to work, then I guess getting laid off at the Ford plant and getting 75% of your pay sounds like a pretty good job. For everybody else that really needed all of their pay, not so much. Uh, but that was that was one of the things, and we're starting to see this. So the, the jobs report Friday said 211,000 people. 211,000 people got a job in April. The vast majority of those people was in the hospitality industry, which is, you know, you're, you're gearing up, I guess, for summer. I'm not... You know, I guess, do you hire people that early? Uh, maybe we do. The vast majority of those jobs, like 95% of those jobs, are minimum wage jobs. But here's what was funny is they took the previous month, which was 98000 brought it down to $77,000. Uh, they were looking for one eighty five, got two eleven. 
but when you kind of did the math, it was pretty much right on the number of what was expected. Average hourly earnings. And I've been talking about this number for a long time. Once again, well below expectations. And, and the hard part is, is the vast majority of the jobs that people are being hired for do not pay. Nurses' aides, $21,000 a year was the biggest growing category in health, right? Nurses' aides. Phlebotanist, the second growing number. It sounds really fancy, drawing blood. Also, (laughs) $27,000 is what uh, the average person makes that is drawing blood. Uh, at least according to to market watch and then the the one good paying job was solar panels the installation of solar panels one state Michigan now the sun never comes out in Michigan <laughs> at least not that I know of uh, but they were the one state that had a what they called the STEM jobs was the best or the most jobs created. You know, that's what they tell you all you have to go to school for. That's what science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Only one state out of 50 was that the, the best, you know, the, the most jobs created. And by the way, that job, paid $42,000. Another 168,000 people left the workforce. So the unemployment rate fell to 4.4%. That's how. (laughs) I don't know where they go. I mean, wouldn't it be great if we knew? Where did they go? They just disappeared. I mean, if we created 211,000 jobs, but then 168,000 people left the workforce. <laughs> Does that mean we really only created, you know, 50,000 jobs, 40,000 jobs? And if all of those jobs were minimum wage jobs, then what have we really created? And this is kind of one of those things where those numbers make sense. When you look at, you know, GDP growth and it's not been great, right, it's been a struggle to get 2%, and they said, hey, even if Donald Trump gets all the tax breaks that he wants, we probably still won't even get to 3 That's why. But here was something that I thought was very interesting. How have we gotten the growth that they say that has been occurring in the United States. Have you asked yourself? You know, if you think about, wait a minute, there's less people considered middle class today than than the start of the the millennials. You know, go back, go back 20, 30, 40 years. Less people middle class today. More homes where all of the adults in the home are working. 
And then you start thinking about the labor force participation rate right near the all-time low since they've tracked the data. Ever since, you know, I guess women have entered the workforce. And then you start thinking about where did all of the money go? And where, where, how did it get created? Where did it go? And, and the New York Post wrote an article talking about the growth of debt for the U.S. consumer. Americans borrowed $93 billion to buy cars, which was the highest auto loan in the record-keeping, and they've only been doing records for 18 years. And and the Federal Reserve made that announcement uh, the other day, and they were excited about it. Hey, you've gone farther into debt in 2016 to get a car or a truck than the United States has ever seen. They say that the percentage of people borrowing, even though they have really horrible credit, is now another growing concern. But when you look at the the increases of debt the first time they did it. So you go through, you look at the tech bubble, right? Everybody was buying tech stocks. We all did it, right? And then it popped and collapsed. Then it was the the housing bubble. Do you know that in during the housing bubble, the the debt on mortgages doubled? We went from just over $5 trillion of debt. You think about all the homes that are out there. And you go back to the early 2000s, and you're, and you're, you're shocked because you're like, $5.9 trillion was the number in 2000. That was all the mortgage debt in the entire country. Add it all up. It was $5.9 trillion. By, tw- by 2007, it was $10.6 trillion. And you start to really understand when the Federal Reserve tells you there's no inflation, you know that they're lying because when you go and you look at the actual data, whether it's a house, a car, your credit card, student loans. Look at the big four drivers of economic growth according to the Federal Reserve. Because what they judge economic growth on is what? The expansion of debt. If a house went from $5.9 trillion to $10.6 trillion, Right? You, you know, you're sitting there, you're doing that. It's, it's not what, about a 40% increase in the level of debt that it costs to buy a home. And then you really, you know what you think about even even makes it even a little more sickening? Is the actual number of people now that own homes is less than it was in 2000. But that debt number is actually now more. You go, and that was just from 2000 to 2007. 
You take credit cards. You take student loans. You take auto loans. 2016, an all-time record high. They had $93 billion in auto loans in a single year. And now you start to think about why it is that there is no growth. How do you really think all of that's going to end? I mean, can we really have records in in all four categories? And think about we've got records in all four of the major borrowing categories. Home Outstanding home loan debts at all-time highs. Yet... The number of Americans that actually, you know, own a home, and of course owning really the, I'll use that term judiciously, is near historic lows. The number of people with auto loan debt, the number of people with student loan debt, the number of people with credit card debt, they're all at all-time highs. Every single category. And then you got to start thinking about what is the most likely outcome? If they're all at all-time highs, what is the most likely outcome? Talk about that next. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. Nearly a billion dollars of taxpayer money are being wasted by the NFL as the Oakland Raiders football team moves to Las Vegas. There are $750 million of direct costs in taxpayer subsidies to build a luxurious new stadium in the desert, plus roughly $95 million in unpaid debt on the stadium that's being left behind in Oakland. Oakland, California taxpayers had already spent $110 million on improvements to the stadium being abandoned. St. Louis taxpayers are still on the hook for $85 million of the $300 million they committed to the Rams' now-abandoned stadium, and San Diego owes $47 million on the football stadium renovated for the Chargers, who have now moved to Los Angeles. That's some very pricey litter left behind by billionaire NFL owners, and it blights our struggling cities. Where are the environmentalists when you need them? Overall, an estimated $6.7 billion in public money props up NFL stadiums today. In addition, the National Football League receives tax breaks and free public services, and they demand massive sales tax refunds from locations that host the Super Bowl. Now, the NFL has gone from bad to worse. Last month, nearly every NFL owner approved the move of the Oakland Raiders to Las Vegas, cozying up to organized gambling. Oklahoma Congressman Steve Russell has introduced H.R. 811 in the U.S. House. Known as the No Tax Subsidies for Stadiums Act, it seeks to close the tax exemption for financing these stadiums. 
His bill would, quote, amend the Internal Revenue Code of 1986 to treat obligations financing professional sports stadiums as private activity bonds if such obligations meet the private business use test. States could also pass laws prohibiting sales tax refunds to the NFL for the Super Bowl, which amount to millions of dollars. Fortunately, the public is waking up. Voters are increasingly rejecting demands by the NFL for greater subsidies, and rightly so. Las Vegas raided its taxpayers' pockets for the Raiders only by persuading the state legislature to pony up the money. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. On the blog at PSEagles.com, you are invited to take a stand against those who would mock traditional values, slander America, or try to redefine the family. PSEagles.com is your site to speak from the heart, ask questions, and get honest feedback. Won't you join the conversation at PSEagles.com? Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. He was backwards, backwards, use words. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. So before the break, I asked the question, what is the most likely outcome? Home loan debt, and this is all all the multifamily to single family and the the housing market here in the United States. You know the number now. Now, now think about this: we had the worst housing crash in history. Depending on where you're at. Some places, a lot of places, and, and they're places we don't talk about, home prices still aren't back. We started the, the turn of the century, right, the year 2000. All the home loan debt in the United States didn't even total $6 trillion. Today, it's 143 now, I told you before the break, it went to almost $11 trillion when the crash hit. <laughs> I mean, the worst housing crash ever, and yet today, the, the I guess the, the loans are at all-time record high, $14.3 trillion. Student loan debt, by the way, this is the fastest growing debt in the United States. And can you guess when it really started picking up? (laughs) Right? Right? Started picking up right in the 2000s. Student loan debt, $1.5 trillion dollars. In student loan debts, $1.5 trillion. They now say over 45 million Americans have student loan debt. The delinquency rate on student loan debt, by the way, it's uncalculable. Because they, they, they want to report that it's about 11%. You think about what... The housing market collapsed 
was what, 3 or 4%. Right? The car market would collapse if 11% of loans weren't paid back. Student loans, it's at 11% that are 90 days, but that doesn't count all the deferments and, and the people that, that enter these programs that they don't pay for like a decade. When you factor those in, then that number jumps to almost one in three. The average monthly student loan debt, three hundred and fifty-one bucks. That's the average. That means half of the people got one. That's a whole lot higher than that direct loan. Is that a trillion dollars? And then they got other types of loans that all total federal loans. It's incredible when you think about it. So that's at all-time highs. You know, you think about 2000, that number was not even $400 billion. Then you go to the auto loans, which is at $1.2 to $1.3 trillion. Right, grew by almost a hundred billion dollars in a single year. Almost had what, not quite, call it eight, nine percent growth in debt just to stay where you were, just to stay with a car or a truck or an SUV or whatever it was that you were buying. Credit cards. They were the last ones. They just rolled over a trillion dollars a couple months ago. So then you start thinking, how do you really think this is going to end? Look at the jobs reports. Go ahead and take the great number. Listen, they were elated with the number. The unemployment rate, they said, fell to 4.4%. I'm trying to remember. I mean, how many times in... And memory, has it been lower than that? I'll see if I can find out that answer. I'm just thinking out loud. Of course, no one actually believes that number. But that's irrelevant. And so now you're starting to say, wait a minute, wages grew by 67 cents. That was wage growth. From March 2016 to March 2017. (laughs) So with 67 cents, which by the way, based on the average hourly work week and all that, we did that show, it was like $20 a week. That That was what you could expect. The vast majority of that 67 cents came in the raising of the minimum wage. Could that somehow pay for all of that? Could that extra 67 cents pay for $14 trillion in mortgages? Could that 67 cents pay for the $1.5 trillion worth of student loans? The $1.2 trillion in auto loans, the trillion dollars in credit card debt. 
And so when you sit there and you think about what are the most likely outcome, the answer is really simple. The most likely outcome is we're in the era of default. Right? Commercial loan defaults rising. Credit card defaults rising. Auto loan defaults rising. Student loan defaults rising. I mean, the only one that isn't rising yet is the housing. Then again, the only number where less people, <laughs> less people as a percentage in this country own a home, which kind of begs the reason of why are prices at all-time highs? I don't know. And so then you start thinking about all the things that we're up against. And you wonder why there's no economic, I mean, really, if you really wanted a plan, <laughs> here's a agenda, we just have to start wiping stuff out, right? All of this debt has to reset. Everybody knows it. Patriot Radio News Hour. we'll be back. You know, as we start thinking about it, this is what they did. They brought interest rates to zero. Their whole plan was to create debt, right, by making money so worthless. Because essentially that's what they did. Remember, if you had money in your savings account, it wasn't that long ago. When your bank statement came, for those of you that actually opened it, there was this thing called interest. And your money, what? It grew by leaving it with the bank. Why did the banks do this? Because once you deposit the money into your bank, the money's no longer yours. And it's so funny when people first hear this and they get outraged, right? They're like mad at me saying, oh, that's not true. Yes, it is. It's absolutely true. It has been true. Listen, that's been true longer than America's been a country. When you put your money in the bank, you no longer own it. You are an unsecured creditor of the bank. That even makes it worse, right? At least you'd like to be what? <laughs> A secured creditor. No, you're not. Because that gives the bank the legal authority to loan the money. And for that authority, they used to pay you a fee, right? The interest. Hey, you're such a nice guy, Mr. Spuckatelli. We like, you know what, we're going to give you 6%. We're going to give you 6% on that money that you gave to us. Since you no longer own it and you're allowing us to make loans on it, we're going to give you, you know, we're going to pay you for it. They did away with all of that. 
because they wanted to encourage people to buy things, and not buy things with savings. Because only an idiot would do, why would you use your money, your savings when you can just borrow for next to nothing? Now, here's what they've done. All the four major drivers of the economy are all at all-time highs. All of the debt in all of the categories. And, of course, you know, and this is, quote-unquote, fixing things. And now they're trying to take, I mean, the slowest pace in the history that we've ever seen of rate hike. Which, by the way, I don't know if you ever see the 10-year note. It just doesn't believe it, does it? I mean, this is how messed up all of these markets are. If the Fed was raising, the 10-year note should be rising, and it's really just sitting there, creating a whole different problem for a different show. But this is what they wanted. And now we're we're seeing that we've gorged ourselves on so much of it. Because let's face it, we're still American. I mean... We love spending money, right? We all do. We love, we're experts at it. Nobody can spend money that they don't have better than an American. <laughs> right on all, yeah, right? You're down your head, yep. And this is what they wanted. They wanted us to do that. And now they're, they, there's no more tricks to be played. I mean, they left them there for almost 10 years. You know, you almost have got to think, well, this was the best they could do. They manipulated every part of the system for this one benefit, and this was the best they could do. Look at our national debt. You know, we talk about these all being at all times. The national debt was $5 trillion in 2000. <laughs> we don't even know what it is right now. Right? The debt clock still turned off. We don't even know what it is. We know it's $20 trillion something. By the way, you know, quick little math there. 17 years, and we went from 5 to 20, that's 50, that's, you know, almost a trillion dollars a year. And yet, they say, you know, they, oh, the three, I think they uh, owned up to like three years of more than a trillion, but that was it. Because they don't want to tell you the real numbers, but neither here nor there. The Federal Reserve's balance sheet tacked on $4 trillion during that time. So we, we've gorged ourselves with all of this debt. They manipulated every part of the system to try to prevent what the wiping outs of debt, which is really what needs to happen. If we're ever really going to grow again, you got to reset. 
But now, instead, we've got more debt than ever. And so when we sit there and we kind of think about what's the most likely outcome, most likely outcome is we're going to stop paying. The one big thing that's different this time, stop paying isn't that big of a deal anymore. Right? Remember how embarrassed people used to be? No one cares anymore. You stop paying on your house back then? Yeah, I, uh, I stopped paying on my credit card. I don't pay my student loan. I don't pay that. Who cares? Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. You know, I just had a brilliant thought. Now now it really makes sense when they're like, ah, yeah, you know, the, the Trump tax cut, right, which was obviously not what they're going to be able to do, but it's massive in size. And why they said, ah, you're not going to get 3% GDP. Because what the Federal Reserve has done makes that look like what? Childhood, that makes it look like nothing. But think about all the bailouts, all the all the uh, quantitative easing, and the blowing up of balance sheets, the blowing up of debt. Six hundred billion dollars—that's not enough. That's nothing. Now it all makes sense. Quick look at the market: is very flat market everywhere. The Dow, the S and P, the Nasdaq. Uh, well, I'll give you: Dow's up one, S and P's down one. Nasdaq's down three. Gold's up fifty cents, twelve hundred twenty-eight dollars. Silver's up two and a half cents at sixteen twenty-five. Got a great opportunity. U.S. ten-dollar liberties—they're on sale at six hundred and forty-five dollars. That puts it like thirty-one or thirty-two dollars over spot, which is just crazy when you think about it. If you buy ten. We'll give you 10 different dates on the U.S. $10 Liberties. They're 645 bucks. You buy 10 of them, 6450 and we're going to give you 10 different dates. 800 And just think about, you know, why you put gold away, right? It's a hedge. It's a hedge against that worthless paper currency. And you start thinking about, What's the most likely scenario? This isn't even like uh, going out on a limb. These debt markets are overloaded. But any Ford dropped the shift of the, you know, what I would call the small business owner trucks. Because the real numbers aren't very good. By the way, Silver Eagles, I still think Silver's a if you're a silver guy, this is it's a great opportunity in those markets. Uh, cases of silver eagles for 9,625. It's really amazing. 9,625 on a case. Rolls of silver eagles are at $390 at 800 uh, that is our toll-free number. Place your order today. You know, think about we had the Fed meeting on Wednesday, right? You almost you can almost set your watch to it within the first four or five trading days before or after that meeting. So take the ten days, you know, five days before, five days after 
usually that's when you have, you'll see the bottom in the gold or silver market. You know, think about gold was twelve ninety five, silver was eighteen fifty. Now you got silver down at sixteen and a quarter. You got gold down at uh, what just under twelve hundred and thirty. And we're kind of right at that that the the window there. Of this is probably going to be the lows. Uh, and this is when you want to really start, you know, dipping your toe back in the water and buying it a little bit here at a time. U.S. ten dollar liberties six forty five. If you buy ten or more, we'll get you ten different dates at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Everybody enjoy the rest of your Monday. I don't Monday, it's a tough day, worst day of the week. Uh, but here's the good news. Tomorrow it'll be Tuesday. Everybody take care. We'll talk again.